Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Here's a quote by Elizabeth Rundle Charles. Quote, It is the truth which is assailed in any age which tests our fidelity. It is to confess we are called not merely to profess. If I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christianity. Where the battle rages, the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on all the battlefield besides is mere flight and disgrace to him if he flinches at that one point. End quote. And all of that just to say good morning good and morning. welcome to the Gospel for Life. <laughs> we just wanted to come out of the gates running this morning. <laughs> so we, we've been talking about CRT the, the last few days, critical race theory, and that quote that that's the kind of the beginning quote into Vody Bauckham's book Fault Lines and essentially what um Elizabeth is saying is that um it's important to know where the battle is is raging the the fiercest and if we a- ignore that then then we may be we may be giving up the battle itself mm-hmm. we certainly are missing an opportunity to show the that our answers are found in uh, Christ you know through you know the knowledge of him we we have everything that we need for life and godliness. And so when we come to those issues, if we take ourselves back to the original textbook on this, yeah. uh, we, we find an answer in, in God's Word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And critical race theory is a, a form of Marxism. It, it takes Marxism and applies it uh, to race instead of class. And uh, it is indeed uh, filled with falsehoods. And I would also say we shouldn't be surprised in a way that Marxism and critical race theory are on the rise in our society as Christianity declines, especially among a younger generation. Uh, It it has left a vacuum, a vacuum of uh, an emptiness of meaning. And something is going to rush in to fill that void. And critical race theory is the false source of meaning du jour. It is uh, very trendy and almost almost a fad, I would say. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the emergent church it, stuff back a, yes. a decade ago. Yeah. It's and, more and, than a fad. It's also oppressive because if you don't agree to it, there's a certain cancel <coughs> culture that comes with it. And so you see people who, out of ignorance or something, may have said something you know, 20 years ago, being canceled for something they did right. uh, 20 years ago, even when they're saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that in that way or whatever it is. I confess that I was, you know, a, a white supremacist when I was five years old. Yeah. 
Well, CRT is a religion with absolutely no grace and no forgiveness. That's right. No matter how much you grovel. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to say something? I was just going to say that critical race theory at least identifies some of the sinfulness that permeates our our culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. this is is what happens. We are fallen human beings. Um, Our sin in Adam destroyed relationships both vertically and horizontally. Um, Luther would say that it turned us inward, that we look only at ourselves. And what happens is that does manifest itself in racism. That does manifest itself in self-centeredness and selfishness and um, identifying with whatever group you're a part of and then making that an absolute. That's what sin does. And sin distorts those good gifts of God. And so critical race theory is is identifying some of the brokenness right. that exists within each of us as individuals and society. However, um, as Phil was saying, it, it doesn't provide a viable solution. It just lends itself to more brokenness, more sin, more destruction. And so that's where we want to, that's why we're concerned about it. Not because we're, we're in here saying, well, racism doesn't exist in, in the United States today or in our world today. All of us agree that racism mm-hmm. exists in our world. Of course. We just don't see the solution in critical race theory. We actually see critical race theory contributing to the ongoing problem that, yeah. that already is there. Well, and that's, mm-hmm. that's part of the problem. This is why we talked about how CRT it's not merely a trend, not merely a fad, but it's actually an entirely different worldview. In fact, I would call it uh, the cult of CRT. When we're talking about racism, there is a, a historical definition of what racism is, and then there's a new definition of racism that CRT puts forward. And these are not the same. It uses some of the same words, mm-hmm. but it's like you know, it's like we're in an, an Orwellian nightmare where news speak is the the, the the new talk of the day, and words don't. It's like you know, the guy from uh, Princess Bride. I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> Um, and this is mm-hmm. this is what it is with racism. So here's the old definition of racism, the, the historical definition of racism. Merriam-Webster, a belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. You guys like that? Mm. Definition, mm-hmm. I mean, is, mm-hmm. would you guys agree that that's the historical definition of racism? Mm-hmm. Well, racism doesn't mean that, according to CRT. Um, es- essentially, in the, the world of CRT, it's very much pitting people of color against white people, whereas if you're simply born with white skin, then you are a racist. Uh, he- here's a definition by a man named or a woman named Latasha Morrison from her book, Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation. She defines racism as a system of advantage uh, based on race involving cultural messages, misuse of power, and institutional bias in addition to the racist beliefs and actions of individuals. So she moves racism from the individual sin to a systemic and institutional thing. And look, as we said before, it's not that institutions can't be racist. You could have widespread racism. Sure. But the premise is, is that America by itself is racist because of, of mm-hmm. our, our past and because of, of, of people of color, especially in minority communities. If, if the 
if the outcome isn't equal to white people, that is is evidence of racism. And when you do this, and sometimes those definitions can sound similar, the problem is once you take it out of the human heart as an individual sin and say it's an institutional issue, what does it look like for the institution to repent? Does everybody in the institution have the issue? You know, if it's part of the system, then every single person is guilty by extension. I mean, that doesn't take any into consideration mm -hmm. individual differences and individual beliefs and individual practices. Mm -hmm. So you, you have people that are quote-unquote part of the system that have been working against racism their whole life, mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. chosen not to see color but to see people. So what, where, what, what does that new definition of racism, where does it lend towards a solution? Because then if the system's the problem, then you have to only attack that system. And instead, we would say that we believe the gospel changes individual hearts. Mm -hmm. And as the gospel changes an individual heart, it changes how that individual interacts with other individuals. Mm -hmm. And they don't interact on the basis of race, they in interact on the basis of the fact that each of us are image bearers of God. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Bible identifies the problem as sin, not yeah. not as a, a color of skin. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, you know, we're we're told in you know throughout God's word, but uh, Acts seventeen tells us that God made the world and everything in it, and He gives to all mankind life and breath and everything, and He made from one man, speaking of Adam, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. You know, we all are descendants of, of Adam, and so the problem is not, you know, well, when we read the Bible, we understand that, that all this confusion that's taken place is a result of the sin of Adam, yeah. and also that we are, we've, we inherit that sin, yeah. we're all sinners, yeah. we, we can do nothing but sin, yeah. and God can only work with sinners, and that's why he's redeeming humanity as he is. You know, you know I'm so glad you brought that up, brother. So CRT is grasping at trying to come up with a solution for what's wrong with the world. They really mm -hmm. are. Um, and, and Phil, you said something off air, which I, I think was was so profound. Like it's it's not an important. It's it's not enough for us to sit here and and criticize CRT. We actually have to give the the right solution. Um, ben, you mentioned Ben Shapiro, you know, conservative commentator today. He can criticize CRT, but the problem is, is he doesn't give the right solution. Um, so you know, the, the solution, as you just put forward, Jonathan, is what is the real problem with the world? It's sin. It's sin against a holy God that we have broken relationship with him and we and we will not be healed until that's reconciled with him. And that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, mm -hmm. What, what uh, CRT d is doing is it's, uh, you know, it's working on victimology. Uh, you know, if everybody's a victim, then every, nobody has to examine themselves in light of the, um, their circumstances that, uh, you know, to God alone, we we are answerable. This victimology makes everybody answerable to them, and so because they're victims, they can they they can uh, lash out, they can burn your buildings, they can do whatever they want because they're victims. The gospel changes that. Uh -huh. the, the The gospel changes the fact that they begin to examine their own heart and brings them to repentance, so that they actually are living for one another. Mm -hmm. The Bible is 
filled with one another passages. In mm-hmm. fact, that's a wonderful study. <laughs> you know, um, you know, love one another, pray for one another. You know, the, these one another. You know, the one another's uh, is the gospel. It's the gospel being lived out. Right, right. And I, I think we also uh, should say that. Uh, and I, I, as as we've been saying, the, the gospel is about the conversion of the individual. The, the gospel is about the changing of the individual human heart. But the gospel also affects culture. And uh, it, when, the, when the gospel per- begins to permeate a culture, mm-hmm. it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, we, we take uh, the ancient Roman world as Christianity grew and exploded into the second and third centuries. Christianity transformed Roman culture, and uh, some institutional evils were eradicated Mm -hmm. because a majority of the people were Christian, Mm -hmm. and so some institutional evils were eradicated. In this country, uh, the the anti-slavery movement, the abolitionist movement, was a Christian movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, 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 The most potent forces for abolition were the Christian pulpits of America and uh, calling out that institutional sin. Well, we will continue this next time. If you miss any of our broadcasts, just go to The Gospel for Life and wherever you download your apps, and we'll see you next time. 